He is the only one who can. I, I, the, um, uh, Lord, there's nothing better than you. And I like where he said in that song about um, love. Love. He said, um, here in your love, here in your love, because it all goes back to his love. It all goes back to his love, and we're going to talk about that today. Thank you, worship team. You may be seated. <clears throat> I am going to, uh, I have no notes, so y'all just take out some scriptures here. So, y'all go, I'm, we'll see what happens, all right? Are y'all okay with that? Because who knows? Um, it might get crazy. Um, it's Labor Day weekend. We can get crazy, right? Um, we don't have to labor, right? Um, I'm going to be speaking primarily from Galatians, and I title it to the church in Galatia, but because it really is the church in America, because a lot of what he's saying here applies to us. I feel like if Paul was sitting up there and he's like, Jesus, have you seen that America place? Man, that's a mess. Can I write him a letter and you try to get it down there to him? Goes, and Jesus probably, well, you know, if they'll just read Galatians. As a matter of fact, if they read a lot of your writings, Paul, they'll probably get the message if they'll listen, if they'll pay attention, because that's the great thing about the Word of God. It's for every day. It was for 2,000 years ago, and it's for today, just like it was then. We just have to change the word sometimes. And, and uh, instead of, say, Galatia, America. So I'm going to explain a little bit what, what was Galatia, where, where was it, what, what was going on, because I like to give the background before I go. Um, Galatia was kind of like a country, but a, a region, uh, what we call today, most of it's modern-day Turkey. And um, there's some amazing places there that I'd like to go see, because this is where Paul um, did a lot of his ministry across Galatia. Uh, so when you hear the the names Antioch of um, Pisidia, I don't know if that's exactly how you say it, Iconium, Lystra, and Derbe, those are cities in Galatia. And these are where Paul really began his ministry, going to these cities. Um, and um, it wasn't always perfect on that journey. But he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And why was he preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because he had been changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. This dude had been changed radically. And he didn't care what anybody thought. And he was willing to take it all. Matter of fact, uh, the, the ones from Antioch started chasing him. The, the Jews, they were going to kill him. And everywhere he went, he had to look back behind him. They're, they're, they're coming. But everywhere he went, he preached the gospel and people got saved. So he kept doing it and kept doing it. He even got stoned in Lystra. Almost to die. He thought he was dead. But he got up and went on to Derby and did the same thing. Preached. Preached Jesus. Preached Jesus. Preached Jesus. Because he believed in him. Because if you know the story, uh, here's a guy that was walking down a road one day and, and his life changed radically. He was going to persecute some Christians. And so God turned him around in a mighty, mighty way. And when God turns you around in a mighty, mighty way, you can't help but share it with everyone. And that's exactly what our friend Paul knew he had to do. He had no choice. 
even though he was persecuted by those who he had used to been buddies with. And, you know, even though he'd show up and some people say, oh, no, here he comes. That's Paul. That's that Saul guy. They, they remembered him as Saul, and they didn't want him around. Even the guy that told him that uh, Jesus had healed him and, and it was, was like, he's coming here, Jesus. I don't want him here. So, anyway, Paul had a call on his life. But he often had to explain it because of his past. Because people couldn't grasp, how could this guy be doing this? But I want to I start in Galatians 1. And I want you to hear this as he starts out his letter to Galatia. And it's, it's very nice. He starts out nice. He's like, this is a letter from Paul, um, the apostle. I was appointed by a group. Of, I was not appointed by a group of people, uh, but I was appointed by Jesus Christ himself. That's very important here. He's like, I, nobody put me up to this. This is Jesus. And then he says, all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to you. And in verse three, he says, may God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, give you grace and peace. And Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God, our Father, planned in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. So he starts off real nice, right? Guys, God's good. And then verse 6, you scumbags. <laughs> Basically, you, you, I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You're following a, listen here, you're following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Listen to this one. Let God's curse, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. And he's talking about when I was there before. I say again, what we have said before, if anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Ouch. Ouch. So, you know, I think about that. And I think about... It, it, Paul never minced his words. He was serious. He didn't come in and, and, and fluff it up and make it pretty. He didn't go, oh, I'm going to tickle your ears with beautiful things. And, oh, and it's so, you're, so, you're just so passionate. You look at you. No, he was like, buddy, you got problems. And you need Jesus. He did not preach some watered down gospel. He preached straight up truth. Did he get in trouble? Yeah, from those who didn't like it. He did. But he wasn't going to be, not until his death, he would not stray from that. He believed it, and he always fought for it, no matter what. And so what was really happening in Galatia, particularly, was they were going back to the old ways. They're like, oh, you know, we can do this Jewish thing. And, and so... What happened over time, it just got worse and worse. And so they're trying to, to keep up. They're trying to do what the law said do, and it wasn't working for them. They were failing miserably, just like we will if we try. It will not work. We cannot 
do what Jesus did for us. He already did it. He already did it. And me and you, we ain't going to be able to do nothing. But what was happening here was they're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll do what um, Abraham said do. We're going to go back to the Abrahamic law, and we're going to do that, and we're not going to do this Jesus thing. And I want, I want to get down to the very point of what happened in here, love. They forgot the love of Jesus. They forgot the cross, and that is love. That's what's happening here. And they lost faith. They lost faith in it because it didn't make sense to them. Bottom line is sometimes faith doesn't make much sense. It's just like, how could this be? And that was a struggle going on in their lives. And it's not an unusual struggle. And I'll talk about that in a little bit about some other folks. But these folks were dealing with a crossroads where are we going to follow Jesus who died on the cross for us and took our sins and we don't have to sacrifice animals anymore and we don't have to get circumcised anymore and all this stuff or are we going to go that way and do that stuff and try to try to make it ourselves are we going to are we going to try to become holy when God said well you can't become holy we all sinned right so there's no way you can become holy, so he sent Jesus Christ. So the bottom line is, if you're going against Jesus, then, then, then why, did, why did Jesus have to die? If you believe that, that, um, that you can do it yourself, why did you need Jesus? You can't do it yourself. In chapter 2 of Galatians, verse 19, Paul writes, For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self, you've heard this, right? My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if, listen, for if keeping the law would make us right with God, then there was no reason or need for Jesus Christ to die. We can't do it, y'all. We just can't. And that's what, that's what Paul is saying to Galatia. Stop trying to do it. Stop trying to be your own thing. Stop following whoever's selling whatever they're selling today. Get back to the true word of God. Get back to Jesus. Get back to Jesus. Chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message of of Jesus Christ? Do we believe his message today? Do we truly believe his message? Which means if we believe his message, we have to trust him with everything in our life. Everything. Not, not just the, the big stuff, the little stuff. Everything. And I gotta tell you something. Anybody find that difficult sometimes? Be honest. That's, that can be difficult. Because, you know, especially us guys, we're, we're made to, uh, to do stuff, right? We're made to fix. That's our role. 
we're fixers. But that's in direct conflict of what God said. He said, through his son Jesus, we, we don't have to do that anymore. But, but what happens when, when something goes bad at work? What happens when you make a bad grade on a test at school? What happens when you're struggling with whatever you're struggling with in your life? A bill comes that you can't pay. We had one of those here this week. Robert will share that later. <laughs> what happens? Do we trust him? Do we trust him? Or, or, do we, or do we go, I can do it myself. Well, see, Galatia was saying we can do it ourselves. We can do it ourselves. And it just was not working for them. And it's not working for us. It's not working for us because we're falling back into some things that we don't need to be falling back into. We're not trusting him with our lives. We, again, I say we might trust him. We pray, Lord, uh, help me with my um, decision on a job or whatever. And, 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 oh, well, that's a big decision, right? We trust him with that. And then when we say, oh, Lord, um, I don't know what uh, shoes to wear today. <laughs> I know that's silly, but, you know, just trust him with everything. Listen to me, y'all. I want you to hear me this way. Are you hearing me? Everything. Everything we have to trust him with. And it's not easy. And I'm going to talk about why it's not easy. And there's stories here. There's, there's a lot in the Bible that tells us we're not the only ones struggling with it. Galatia was struggling with it. It was, it was a mess there. Truly. Chapter 5, however, says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful, sinful nature craves. That's where it goes back to, the Holy Spirit. The sinful, sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. See, there's two forces here constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit of God, when you're directed by the Spirit of God, you are under no obligation to the law of Moses. You say, well, what's that mean? I can do what I want to do. Nope. Because if you're directed by the Spirit of God, you're not going to do what you want to do. You're going to do what He wants you to do. It's a big thing there. See, people get that grace thing messed up sometimes. Well, I got the grace of God. I praise God. I'm saved. I can do what I want to do. Nope. Not if you're not led by the Spirit, you can't. Because if you're led by the Spirit, it's going to be good. And Robert's going to wrap up next week with some of that. If you're led by the Spirit, it's going to be good stuff. But if you're led by you, it's going to be bad stuff. That's the bottom line. Because you can't do it. I can't do it. There's some people in the Bible who had problems. And it wasn't just people that were just out in the streets and walking around. We're talking about some disciples I want to talk about this morning. A couple of those guys. There's a guy named Judas. Everybody ever heard of him? One of the disciples. Chosen by Jesus to be one of his disciples. There's only 12 of them. And one of them was Judas. Right? Y'all remember him? So here's Judas, who, from all accounts, 
said he loved Jesus. Jesus knew him and Jesus knew everything, right? So he's following Jesus, Jesus around. And he's living, you know, with Jesus and the guys and they're hanging out and doing Jesus stuff, right? And he's singing, Jesus is just all right. Oh, yeah. Right. That's, that's Judas. Right. Well, then we know the story. <laughs> then Satan entered into Judas. Satan entered into Judas. See, if we don't guard ourselves, Satan will enter into Darren. Satan will enter into anybody. And, and, and Satan entered into Judas. And he went to the leading priests and the captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. <laughs> Here goes a guy that was a disciple walking with Jesus, one of the twelve. How many of us are in here this morning? More than 12 of us. 12 people Jesus chose. One of them has allowed Satan to enter him. And so what does he do? He goes and sees how he can best betray Jesus. And so they work out a deal. and Old Mr. Judas gets paid some cash, basically. <laughs> And then, of course, we know the rest of the story. Jesus sees the cross and from the, goes to the cross, and Judas ends up hanging himself. You say, well, I'm not like Judas. I would never sell Jesus out for some money. Really? What do we do every day? Let's be honest. Do we choose Jesus or do we choose Money, fame. Do we choose Jesus or do we choose um, whatever addiction we have, whatever uh, struggle we're going through? Or do we choose our job? Do we choose even our family over Jesus? Because Jesus comes first, by the way. Even We love our family, but Jesus is, Jesus is first. So how are we different than Judas if we're selling out to Jesus? Everybody's like, ooh. Y'all are quiet today. I like the song from Sidewalk Prophets. I am the thorn in your crown, but you love me anyway. I am the sweat from your brow, but you love me anyway. I'm the nail in your wrist, but you love me anyway. I am Judas's kiss, but you love me anyway. Every one of us, every one of us, if we're not careful... We allow ourselves to be no different than Judas. Because if we're not letting the Spirit lead our life, if we're trying to go back to the old way of doing it ourselves when we can't do it ourselves, then who are we? Are we more like Jesus or are we more like Judas? Those two names sound a little bit alike. You gotta be careful there. The devil will trick you, he will. Anybody know the devil will trick you? And see, the devil don't roll up. I talk about this all the time. devil don't roll up in, in a paddy wagon with a pitchfork with a little red suit on. He rolls up in a brand new Ferrari, and, and he's really nice. And he's got trinkets and awesome stuff. And it's so much more fun, 
So much more fun than that Jesus thing. Come on, come with me. Look what I got. I got everything. Remember Jesus being tempted by the devil? Come on, come with me. You have all this. <laughs> That's exactly what the devil does to us every day. And we have to make a decision. Are we going to walk it out in the spirit or are we going to walk it out? Are we going to walk it out with Judas? Another guy that I dearly love. One of my favorite in the Bible, and Ray knows who I'm talking about. A guy named Peter. Okay, let's get back. There's 12, right? So we got one already messed up. And then we got Peter. <sighs> oh, Peter. So Peter, um, Peter had a problem. His problem was he had a faith problem. He loved Jesus. I don't doubt that. From the very beginning, he loved him. When Jesus walked by and said, come follow me, he, he went and followed him. I'll make you fishers of men. You don't have to fish for fish no more. Come with me. And so he did. And he followed. I believe he loved him. I believe he loved Jesus dearly. <laughs> have you ever heard the story of um, back, a terrible time in our history, but in, in Columbine, when the, the, the kid came, the kid started shooting, and one of the girls had a gun to her head, and apparently the kid said, do you, do you love Jesus? And she said, yeah, and he, she didn't deny him. <laughs> Peter did, and he was one of the 12 dudes, right? He was one of Jesus' best buddies. And Jesus said, you're going to deny me, Peter. And Peter, oh, I'll never deny you. I, I love you, Lord. We read in the Bible, Jesus has been seized, and, and when they had kindled a fire in the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. A servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, and looked closely at him and said, that man was also with him. But he denied, saying, woman, I don't know him. I don't know that Jesus. Another little later, someone else said, that's that the guy, he was with Jesus. He said, man, I'm not. And after a little while, a man came up and said, he too is with Jesus. And Peter said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately the rooster crowed. <laughs> Peter remembered saying to the Lord how he had said, I would never forsake you, or I would never not love you. I'm, I'm always there with you. And of course, the Bible says Peter went out and wept bitterly because he knew he'd done messed up. He didn't have faith. He didn't have faith when the gun was put to his head. I'm just being totally honest because what would have happened if he had said, yeah, I'm with Jesus? He'd probably been hung right there or done something with on that moment. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't trust. He didn't trust at that moment in his life. He didn't trust that Jesus was going to take care of him. See, Jesus had a plan in his life. Peter was going to preach to millions. And so, but he didn't trust him. He didn't trust him that if he said, yes, I am with him, then you don't think Jesus would have took care of him? He wouldn't have been hurt because Jesus had a plan for him. But he didn't trust him. But here's the good part. Here's the awesome part. And this is the part I want us to get today. If we, if we remember 
who we are and who he is. Because the story changed. It changed for Peter. But Peter had some grappling to deal with yet before it changed. Jesus came out of the grave. Peter was out there looking for him. Peter knew he was out of the grave. They spent time together. And and, um, I'm sure Peter was excited. And the Bible says that um, one night Peter uh, said, Hey, guys, y'all want to go fishing? I'm going fishing. Y'all want to go? They all, let's go. So they're out on the boat fishing, and as usual, they're not catching anything. Well, The next day, they see some guy on the side. So y'all caught any? Y'all caught any fish? Now, throw the nets on the other side. <laughs> throw the nets on the other side. About that moment, everybody probably should have figured out what was about to happen. So they caught a bunch of fish, and then they realized who they were talking to. In John twenty-one, it says. The other stayed in the boat and pulled a loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from the shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. And then Jesus said, bring some of the fish you've caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore where there were 153 large fish. I don't know why the, that number is important, but it probably is. And, um, and yet the net had not torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dare ask him, who are you? They knew who it was. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. It was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. And here we go. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, a son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Now, there's some debate over what these is. Some people think it's the other disciples. I don't, I, don't, I don't go that way. I'll tell you why I don't go that way. He already had fish cooking. Why did he need him to bring that fish to him? He brought that fish to him, I believe, to say, do you love me more than the fish? Follow me here. Do you love me more than the fish? Do you love me more than the old you? The old you that fished. The old you that this was your life. Fishing for fish was your life. Do you love me more than these? You with me? Y'all may not have heard that before, but there's scholarly belief that that's what we and I agree with him. Do you love me more than these? You see, Peter had given up. Peter had given up. It had been rough. Life had not been easy, let's be honest. Have y'all followed the life of the disciples those years they walked with Jesus? They saw a lot of awesome stuff. Yes, they did. But they also saw some bad stuff. And here, Jesus had died on a cross. It had been nasty. It was bad. And do I want to do this anymore? I, I, I can fish. I used to fish. I wasn't that great at it, apparently, until Jesus came and told me how to do it. But I can go back to fishing. And I believe that's what Jesus is saying to Peter right here. Are you going to go back to your old life? Are you going to go back to what you do you love what you used to do more than me? Peter said, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. 
Okay? And then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Feed my lambs. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time, he asked, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus restored Peter right there because he knew his love. He knew how he knew he loved him. And he, he made it very clear. Listen, if you love me, then you're going to take care of my people. Don't worry about fishing no more. Don't worry about going back to your old life. You worry about what I called you to do that day when we were walking down the road and you were on a boat fishing. And I said, y'all want to come? I'll make you fishers of men. That's what you are now. You're fishers of men. Don't go back there no more. Don't go back to the old ways. Don't go back to the things you used to do. Go back and stay on the narrow road. And did he do that? Peter stayed straight. Peter, Peter became one of the greatest preachers of all time because he had to be restored. He had to be restored. And sometimes we all have to be restored. And we all have to remember that we, mistakes can be made. And Jesus loves us. And Jesus can take graves and turn them into gardens. Right? Paul made it very clear that no one is justified before God by following the law, by following the tradition of the Jewish faith. The only way is through Christ. And the only way we can do it is through the Spirit living inside of us. Because, if, again, if we try to do it ourselves, what will happen? We'll be just like Peter. We'll be just like Peter was back then when he could not do it himself. And just like Judas was tempted by the devil. That's what's going to happen to us if we don't walk in the Spirit. And as I said, I want you to know something this morning. It's, it's easy. It's easy to talk about it, but it's not always easy to do it. It's not easy to do it sometimes. You young people, the stress of life is tough. People went, come on, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And then you know it's not right. You know it's not right because the Spirit's telling you it's not right. But the devil's saying, come, look over here. We've, <laughs> we will always be in that struggle, but the closer we get to him, the closer we get to him, the easier it is for us to walk in the Spirit. And to walk our life out the way he designed it to be done. Instead of focusing on our self-effort, Paul wrote the believers at Galatia and told them to focus on Jesus. The message has not changed. It's the same today as it was then. We were made alive in Christ and we can live modeling his life of righteousness. We'll be, again, we'll be tempted, but the Spirit of God is in us. If the Spirit of God is in you, and that little voice says, don't do it, 
That's the Spirit of God. Amen. You know, that song that they sang, Garden, uh, Graves to Gardens, I was, I was thinking about it and, and how poignant that really is in many ways because there was a garden, right? And Adam and Eve was in the garden. And they messed up. And they died and went to the grave, right? But God has restored us. He's restored us. He restored everyone in here who's accepted him. If you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, you've been restored. You've been restored, just like Peter was restored. You've been restored, just like, just like Judas could have been if he'd asked. I, I don't know the story. I don't know how it ended for him. Did he somehow find a way? I don't know, but, and that's not for me to decide. We'll find out, I guess, but... What do you want to be today? Do you want to be restored? Do you want to be in a place where you can walk out your life in a, in a way where you don't have to worry and stress and struggle? Because if you let yourself live in your flesh, you're going to stress and worry and struggle every day of your life. You're going to let the problems of the world come on you every day of your life if you live in your flesh. And don't think it's not uh, going to affect you because you're so spiritual or something. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't care how spiritual you are. I just talked about two guys that were disciples that just couldn't get it right. So don't come in here telling me you're any better than they were. Life is tough sometimes. Robert's going to share later, this week life was tough for us here. <laughs> we show up and I was here Monday night. And the worship team came in, and I don't know how we didn't catch it then. But um, I was in my office, and lightning struck, and it shook this whole building. And then the helicopter starts flying, and I don't know what's going on, but come find out, lightning hit over here, right here at Socrates, and apparently uh, some folks got hurt or whatever. But and I was like, man, I'm, thank God it didn't hit the church, and praise the Lord. Um, man, that well house is really close. I even. Yeah, I said it. That well house is closed right there. Well, Tuesday morning we come in and I go to the bathroom. And there's no water. <laughs> like, okay, well, uh. So our well got hit by lightning. And so we had to close preschool. And then we had all this mess. You know, couldn't the guy that fixes our well couldn't come fix this. We had to get somebody else. And it's just a mess. And I'm sitting here thinking, it's a, it's, a, it's a rough month financially for the church because uh, our insurance is due in, in August. We've had to pay every quarter. It's due in August. I'm like, all oh, these things are coming up. And um, they raised our insurance. Um, and hopefully they're going to help pay for this. We'll see. Um, and I'm like, and I'm watching them. They just keep, be, there's two dudes out there working at the well. And I'm thinking, man, this is going to be expensive. I just know how these, these plumbers and well people, they ain't cheap, are they, right? And so I'm starting to stress about it, and I'm letting myself get stressed about it. I'm like, how are we going to do this? So I spent two days just stressed out and, and overwhelmed by it. And I'm, I'm letting myself get into myself and my flesh, figure out how we're going to handle this. And, and, and in my role here as administrator, I often find myself having to, to think about 
how we pay bills, because that's who, what I do. I write the checks, right? I, I send off the, the uh, payments. And it's not always easy. And sometimes I, I mess up and don't let God use um, me the way he intended. And I don't let the spirit move the way he needs to. So I struggled for two or three days there. And then I got the bill. And I, uh, yeah, I got the bill. <laughs> Robert was in my office when I got it. And I was just like, I can't say it out loud, so there you go. <sighs> and then Robert and I decided we're going to start a well drilling business and uh, supplement our incomes. But in any case, um, God, uh, God spoke to me, um, began to speaking to me um, that day and, and into the weekend about, dude, you can't, you can't uh, worry about stuff like that. Is that my church? Yes, sir. Am I going to take care of it? Yes, sir. Do you need to worry about it? No, sir. I've been in this role for 12 years. And, and it's like, <laughs> I've fought a lot of fights. And I've had opportunities to worry a lot. And I've found, if I remember, if I'll just let him handle it, it'll be okay. Do I have to get up and come to work and do my part? Yes, but I can't get caught up in the stress and the worry because if I do, I'll mess up and I will not be successful and he will not be successful through me. If I let him handle it and if I let the spirit move and I go that direction, I'll be all right. We all will. So I want you to know this morning, I don't stand up here and preach to you. I preach to me because we all need to remember that he turns graves in the gardens. We all need to remember that no matter how tough it gets, no matter how difficult the situation is, and I know some of you are dealing with things. I, I know some of you talked to me this morning about things that are going on in your lives that you're worried about, you're struggling about. Listen, you can worry about it if you want to, but you need to turn it over to Him and you let Him handle it. And you let the Spirit of God move and you don't let the Spirit of Judas move. Amen. The worship team is going to come up and um, I asked them if they might be willing to do this and they, they, they said, okay, we might. They let the spirit move. So They're going to come up and they're going to uh, sing that song again. Graves to Gardens. And I want you just where you're at to um, stand, if you will. And just where you're at, I want you to Say, Lord, where in my life, where in my life do I need to trust you more? Where in my life am I messing up? <clears throat> Spirit, take over. Spirit, let the graves become gardens. Amen. So as they sing, just, just listen to the words and you have your moment with God. <laughs>